0: On? Can you hear me? Yeah? Cool. Good morning. <laughs> First, I want to just dismiss uh, all elementary aged kids. You can go over there. Uh, most of you know what to do. If not, look at where the kids are going, and that's, that's where you're going to go. Um, awesome. So let's, uh, let's address the elephant in the room right now. How the heck did I get up here? <laughs> so here's my theory um, I think that there was like an email chain going around. Uh, I had Chris Gow and Austin Kopak, Tommy Moore in it, and the elders, and um, Robert was going to be gone for this week, so he was trying to figure out who they were going to have preach, and all, his only request was, don't let Mitchell preach. Whatever you do, figure it out amongst yourselves, just don't let Mitchell preach. Well, he accidentally sent me that email, and um, I, was, I was irate. I was, I was mad. So I emailed him back and was like, hey, that's not cool. So then he had to let me preach. And that's totally not true at all, but <laughs> um, we're going to jump into this. Um, before we do though, I, I want to I introduce myself because I feel like there's a lot of people here this morning who recognize who I am um, just from being up here every Sunday, but you don't know me. I haven't really had a chance to introduce myself. So my name is Mitchell Palazzi. Um, I graduated from UMass Amherst in 2016, then moved down to Philadelphia after graduating uh, to do the whole music thing. So like playing out, doing shows, all that good stuff. Um, a year later, I got married uh, to my wife, Taylor, and we're back in good old Amherst, Massachusetts, while she finishes her uh, degree in speech pathology. Super exciting. Um, I also work at a bank, so that's cool. It's not. It's not cool. <laughs> it's not. I, yeah. Um, one thing that I, I want to talk about Um, that really I feel like captures who I am as a person and and I want to be threading this through today is I have severe and I mean I mean severe ADHD and I'm not just saying like oh I can't focus so I just tell people as a joke like oh I have ADHD like I'm on medication for it but I I don't don't take it because I I forget (laughs) I get distracted and forget so they need to figure out a loophole that to fix that because <laughs> we got an issue. So this sermon is going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys can track along with me here. Um, but that's not going to be on my own power or my doing, so uh, let's pray and, and just invite God into this space this morning. Lord, we thank you, uh, as Jay said, for the, the privilege that it is to uh, come together as, as your people, Lord, and talking about what it means to praise you and what it looks like to praise you, God. And um, how we need to recalibrate certain aspects of our lives um, away from the gravitational pull of the praise of everything else that we offer up worship to, Lord, and, and and refocus that on You, God. We again, we can't do that on our own strength, and we can't do that on our own power, Lord. So I pray that You would allow me to communicate this truth in a in a cohesive uh, way that that people are able to follow along with, because Lord, I you know I don't have the ability to do that on my own, so. Uh, we ask that you would be glorified this morning and, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's recap the past couple of weeks. We've been, we've been trekking through Hebrews, and we've been looking at the different areas that God calls us to align ourselves in his word. So he says something to be true. We look at it, we line ourselves up with that, and we, we see what God has to say. So we've looked at the areas of hospitality, of marriage and sex, of money, of grace. With hospitality, we're looking at God giving us resources, Him, him giving us the ability to, to have these things to leverage back to His kingdom and for His people. With marriage and sex, how are our lives uh, aligned in a way that honors God with our sexuality or with our marriages? Um, with money, are, are we holding tight to the money that we have? Are we, is that where our comfort is? Is that where our hope is? We're saying, um, all my wealth is in the cross. Is that true, or is it in money? This week, we're going to be looking at uh, what, what God has to say about these things and what what they reveal, uh, about my, what my life reveals about my heart's stance on them, um, and, and ways that we need to be rethinking that or recalibrating, making adjustments. Um, so we're going to be diving into Hebrews 13, verse 15 this week and looking at praise. And, and here's my thought, is that when it comes to praise, just as I suffer from ADHD and and have this inability to focus, I'm going to venture and say that we we as people suffer from spiritual ADHD in the things that we offer up praise to. We have a difficulty offering up continual and sacrificial praise up to God solely. Um, So let's let's open up our Bibles. If you have a Bible, uh, open up to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. If you don't, look on with somebody or if you have your phone... That counts. We're in the 21st century, so no shame in that. Uh, So let's jump into this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So let's, let's read that one more time. It's a short verse. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So there's a lot to take away from this verse. Uh, but here are three questions that I want to be looking at throughout the course of today and, and, and walk away with a better understanding of is, wh- first, what is praise? How do we define that? What does that look like for us? Secondly, how does God call us to be praising him? And, and how do we get there? That's my third question. So God speaks and tells us that we are called to, to be worshiping him, and that's great, but how do we get there? So what is praise? What does God call us to, or how does God call us be praising him and how do we get there? So let's jump in first. what, what is praise? Well Mitchell's, Mitchell's definition, my profound and uh, <laughs> exhilarating definition of this, it's <laughs> the verbal or audible adoration or exaltation of something. So this could be this could be through singing, it could be through talking about, it could be through onomatopoeia. We see something, we encounter something that's so awesome that we're just like, ah!" Oh. That's, oh, I don't have words, so I'm just going to make noises. And that's praise. It's the verbal or audible adoration or exaltation of something. It's anything that calls attention to the characteristics of something that we encounter. So a kid playing soccer, we see them doing really well, and we're saying, yeah, you go, kid. <laughs> that's awesome. You're doing great. Or um, we, we, we we praise a dog for following instructions, uh, we give them a bone for doing so. Uh, we, we look at the chemistry of our favorite team in the World Cup, and we're just blown away by that, and we can't help but tweet about it or, or talk about it. Um, I haven't been watching the World Cup at all, so I, I, that's about as much as I can talk about that. <laughs> um, Chipotle. <laughs> I love Chipotle. Chipotle is awesome. I'll go in there and order a burrito. Then I'll order another burrito because it's amazing. And then 15 minutes later, I'm on the toilet tweeting about how awesome that burrito is and how I can't wait to get off the toilet so I can order a third burrito. It's awesome. I'm talking about it. We encounter something that speaks to us. We receive that something, and we respond. But here's the reality. is Everybody has something that they're offering up continual praise to. And I bet for most of us, we don't have to search that far to figure out what it is. Just look at the things that we talk about, the things that we feel compelled to share, the things that our hearts long for more of. Um, when, I was, when I was 15 years old, um, my parents allowed me to get a Facebook. And this was super uh, monumental for me. It was an awesome time of, of transition. Because instead of having to, uh, to jot down the, the deep ponderings and meditations of my heart into a crappy journal... I now had the ability to bless the world with everything that 15-year-old me had to say, which was a whole lot of nothing, <laughs> so uh, I want to I look at this. I, we, I had a social platform that allowed me to project and talk about the things that uh, I found praiseworthy at the time, so uh, let's, let's, take a, let's take a trip back to 2009 and look at what 15-year-old Mitchell was, was uh, writing on Facebook. Just beasted in some intense guitar hero. <laughs> This was a terrible idea. Why did I pump in some iron, then getting something to eat? Oof! I really want to go sledding. Balling it up. I haven't said that in a long time. Balling it up for a bit. Feel free to text. Oh, here we go. Just took some Tylenol, nighttime cold medicine. So we'll see where this goes. Oh, there we go. And uh, yeah, we see we see that people are responding very positively. <laughs> Thanks for the four one one. Even 15-year-olds can call uh, <laughs> you can call that out. Um, and last last but not least, let's go to the next one. Just made a sick mini golf course in my room. It was pretty sick. It was pretty cool. But there was this obsession with talking about what I was doing and, and what I had going on. I was, I was obsessed with portraying myself in a certain way of, to other people and, and receiving back what, the, what they w- might think of me. I was trying to paint a picture of how cool I was and how awesome my life was. And looking back, that's, that's pathetic. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Um, but I, I, I couldn't just keep it to myself. I, I made a mini golf course in my room, and I was so blown away, I was so proud of it, that I had to jump on Facebook and talk about it. But I also suffered from this feeling of, of inadequacy uh, because of my ADHD Uh, Because I couldn't focus, and and I I felt like the dumb kid in my circle. Things that seemed to make sense to all my friends uh, did not make sense to me. One of the ways that I coped with this was was trying to convince people of how awesome I was and how uh, awesome the things that I had going on were. Um, And I I decided, I came to the conclusion uh, in high school that the best way for me to do that, I was going to become a lawyer. (laughs) <laughs> Just think about that. For those of you who know me right now, think, think about that. A job that embodies everything that I am absolutely terrible at, organization, uh, effective communication, uh, arguing. I can't argue to save my life. Um, but, but that's what I was going to do because it was, it was a way for me to portray myself to other people in a way that was going to impress them or show them, hey, this kid with ADHD, he did it. So when I got to college, I, I, I worked my butt off. I, 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 was, I was the most focused on grades uh, and the most uh, attentive to the grades that I was getting that I had ever been in my life. Um, I, I picked up a major in legal studies and was on the right track to make this thing a reality. I wanted to make myself the best law school candidate that I could uh, so that I couldn't be rejected in the ways that I had felt so many times before. But something happened my junior year of college. Um, I I'd got a job as an RA and I was moving into uh, to my dorm to start training, and I had this guitar that I, I think I stole from my sister, because I know she wasn't gonna play it. So I was like, hey, that's cool. I'll pick that up. So I, I didn't know how to play it. I just I just took it, and I had all my stuff uh, laid out on my bed, and I don't know what happened. I was kind of shuffling through things, but but all the stuff on my bed fell off my bed and made this loud like crashing noise, and. Uh, I was in the other side of, of my room at the time, and I remember my head just being, it was almost as if my head was being turned over to that guitar, uh, just totally out of the blue, totally randomly, and I just bursted out into tears, like like out of nowhere. And anybody who knows me knows that I am not a very emotional guy. The first time that Taylor saw me cry was, was on our wedding day, um, and that was after six and a half years of dating. So... That's, that, that, I guess that goes to show that I, I just don't, I don't cry, like I don't process emotion that way. Um, but something had, had connected with me on a level that was so deep and so emotional in the image of that guitar that I could not help but to, uh, but to, to release it in, in that way. And, and what, this, what this had represented to me was, was God's way of saying, stop, stop praising or stop trying to uh, offer up praise to all these different things or receive praise from all these different people in all these different areas because it does not matter. It doesn't matter. In fact, it doesn't matter so much that I'm going to take everything that you thought you knew about where you were supposed to go and I'm going to take and take that direction to a complete 180. I knew absolutely nothing about music. This was uh, three years ago. I, I didn't sing, I didn't I didn't play guitar, but there was just overwhelming desire to to be learning and I I was skipping classes, I was writing music, I was doing things that I probably in the grand scheme of things shouldn't have been doing with my time because I was so obsessed with, with writing music and, and starting to venture into this call that God had called me to and, and it made no sense to other people. I remember calling my mom after that moment and being like, Mom uh I I'm, I'm gonna be a musician <laughs> And she's like, what? <laughs> Are you okay? Like, have you been taking some of those brownies that have been passing around the dorm? <laughs> I hadn't. Um, but I remember also talking to Taylor and, and, and doing the same. And she was just like, okay. Like, you go back to sleep. <laughs> but but it, it just stuck. It had been the first thing that I had been able to focus on and redirect back up to God in a way that I had never been able to before. Um, So it was his way, again, of of calling me out of that worship towards other people's opinions and and bringing me into this land that I I had no idea about and had no choice but to rely on him for because the desire to uh, go this route was so strong. So my question this morning is, what is your something? What is that that something that you can't help but offer up praise to? Um, And is that thing actually praiseworthy? Are you fulfilled by the praise of that thing? Um, with that being said, I want to jump into how God calls us to be praising him. So let's go back to that verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore, uh, sorry, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So there's two words in this that, that stand up to me that, um, really display how God calls us to be praising him. And those two words are continually and sacrificially. Continually meaning ongoing. It's, it's in the things that we do throughout the day. It's, it's ingrained in the things that we talk about. The interactions that we have with our coworkers, with uh, our peers, our neighbors, the people in our lives, the relationships that we have, we're speaking of God's glory to those people. It's just, it's just something that comes out, just as something would come out about something that you are uh, so impressed with, we're, we're proclaiming God's glory in those interactions. And that's really weird, right? Like, that's not something that comes naturally to a lot of us. I would venture to say that it, it's it's uncomfortable, it's, it's awkward. And that brings us into the next point. God calls us to be praising him sacrificially. This word sacrificially... Um, It means it it comes at a cost to ourselves. We have to be giving up time and energy and resources in order to be praising God. It also may cost us relationships or our reputation because the reality of it is when you talk about Jesus, people are going to think that you're crazy. It's just how it is. That's the term Jesus freak. That's That's how it came about is people talking about and proclaiming Jesus to a point where people are like, man, that... That dude's a freak. Like, <laughs> what is he? Oh, man. It also is calling us to be walking outside the gates and sharing in Christ's suffering. So we, we explored the, uh, in Hebrews last week how in this compound, there's a place of worship and sacrifice. But outside the gates, instead of offering up animals, we're laying down our pride. And we're being willing to go to a place of shame with Christ. And that's at the foot of the cross. We also see to worship the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, or sorry, your heart, your strength, your mind. So everything that we do, everything that I do, is through the lens of worshiping God and praising him. It was what we were created to do. And it's one of the primary ways that we are able to communicate with God. So again, when we believe something is good or noteworthy, Etc. We, we we can't help but keep that thing to ourselves. We have this innate compulsion to be sharing and be talking about that thing. And, and again, we, we see that in, uh, let's say, political candidates. Whoever we identify with or whoever we, uh, we connect with, we, we want to share their stances on politics because it kind of is an affirmation of how we feel about ourselves. Or um, We see this, it, it, how we're inundated with different things of praise on social media or in pop culture, again, there's an innate reaction within us to talk about those things that we, uh, that we praise, that we connect with, we experience. And we see this in every single marketing tactic out there. Marketing, it, it's, it's a way to exploit that familiar feeling that we all know something is missing within me. Something, something is, there's a, there's a void, and I need something to be filling that void. And marketing says, hey, here's a puzzle and here's your missing piece to that puzzle. Here's the thing that you've been missing. The iPhone. <laughs> Every time there's a new iPhone, people are in line for hours, if not days, trying to get that iPhone. And it's the greatest thing, and it does what it was promised to do for the first maybe five minutes. And then another two minutes later, they're already designing the next one. And then you're like, wow, well, I guess back to square one. Because that didn't really uh, do anything for me <laughs> in the long run. Um, it never actually fulfills us, does it? God is commanding us. He's commanding us to be praising him because he knows that he is the only thing ultimately worthy of praise. And it's not that he is some egotistical maniac that lives and breathes off of our affirmation of him. It's just because of who he is. You look at the Grand Canyon, and you don't have to know anything about the Grand Canyon to stand in its presence and see that is awe-inspiring, breathtaking, whatever you want to say about it. It, it, It's overwhelming in how amazing it is. And again, you don't have to know anything about rock structure or what type of rocks uh, compile to make up the, the Grand Canyon and what it is and all the different intricacies about it. You just have to stand in its presence and be blown away by it. But instead, oftentimes, we're replacing our need, our desire to be praising something with all this other stuff. It's like, it's like if we are going to call ourselves engines, instead of putting oil and fresh oil into that engine to make sure that it runs smoothly, we're dumping soda or Coca-Cola into that engine and, and wondering why it's not functioning or running as smoothly as it should be. The same holds true in our relationships with God. But what does that look like? What does that look like? How are, how are we to be praising God? God. There's this audible, loud example of what it looks like to be praising God. And that's great. That's awesome as we sit here and, and, and read that or walk through that. But how do, how do we get there? I'm a worship leader, and, and it's hard, I'll admit, it's hard for me a lot of Sundays, knowing that I have a job to do up here in, in leading the church in worship, it's hard for me to get to that place of praise. Of, of actually praising God myself, and there's a lot of times where I stand up here not fully grasping the words that I'm singing or the importance that they hold, and the reality of it is is because I hadn't been spending time with the Lord nearly as much as I should that week. I hadn't been in communication with him. I hadn't been praying uh, to him. I hadn't been bringing my burdens before him and, and reading what his word says to be true about him, so my heart was not prepared to be in a place of worship and that's how we get there. We need to know God. You, you can't praise something that you don't know anything about. You can be, you can be, uh, y- you can have desires to, you can um, want to, but, but the reality of it is, is you can't speak truth back to something that you know nothing about. You have to encounter that something. The, the same would ring true in, in any other relationship. Taylor could walk into a room and, and have somebody uh, talk with her for five minutes, and in that five minute span, they may be able to tell that she is very patient, and she is very kind, and she's, uh, she's super conversational, but they won't know the depth of those, those characteristics that describe Taylor. Not in the way that I do, having spent so much time with her and, and understanding the different intricacies of those characteristics. So for instance, yes, yeah, she's patient. Yes, she's kind, but that patience definitely has a limit, <laughs> and it's definitely, uh, it, it, when she hates when I, when I uh, just switch plans on her so abruptly and so suddenly, and that patience is no longer um, something that, that, it's just a, it's a, it's a deeper understanding of that patience and what makes that uh, tick in certain ways, and the same rings true with our relationships with God. Spending time with him, seeking his truth, reading his word, those are ways that we're able to, to gain a deeper understanding and get to a deeper place of praise and worship to God. We also get there through grace. It's by grace that we get there. Grace is the, it's the unmerited and undeserved favor of God. And it's through grace that we are able to repent and turn from the things that we praise and worship other than the one true living God. The things that our spiritual ADHD is is overwhelming us with and telling us, look over here, look over here, look over here, and taking us into all sorts of rabbit trails, it's through grace that we're able to return and focus on the one true living God. We continually need to be praising him. We we need this. We need that continual reminder in order to to remind ourselves because we forget so easily. It's It's a recalibration of our soul's gravitation. It's God saying to us, in a very gentle way, hey, right here, focus, focus. And that's not going to look perfect. It's not going to feel uh, right a lot of the times. And again, that goes back to one of the, one of the um, characteristics of, of sacrificially, is when we don't feel like it, when, we, when our emotions are saying, God, I don't feel like offering up this praise. I don't want to talk about you to my coworkers. I don't want to talk about you to, the, to my neighbors. That's weird. We're working through that. We're coming before him in, in, in this, this authentic honesty and being like, all right, you know me. You know me. I'm spending time with you in your word, in prayer. We're, we have a relationship. I'm gonna trust you in this. I, I, I need to trust you in this because I see in your word what it says about offering up praise and the truth that you display there and what you call me to. And God, I wanna be living in that purpose. I don't wanna be swayed by anything other than what you say to be true. It's us pushing past what we feel and trusting in God, and that requires and calls for faith. It's spending time in the presence of God and encountering his characteristics, basking in his presence, just as we would do with anything else that we we, we praise. So let's recap this the three main points that I, I, I wanted to talk about is what is praise? It's, it's the verbal or vocal or audible adoration and exaltation of something. And how does God call us to be praising him? Continually in all that we do and sacrificially. And how do we get there? Through a relationship. Through a relationship. And that's offered by the grace of the gospel and that's what we're reminded of every week before, uh, before we take communion. When we come before this, this cup, Jesus took it on the night that he was betrayed. He took the bread and he, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup, he blessed it and said, this is my blood poured out for you and for many. And as often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. We're coming before. The reason why we sing these songs on Sunday, the reason why we take this bread and this cup, it, it, it's our recalibration of our soul's gravitation towards other things. The things that uh, we, we, we're, we're drawn to throughout the week and the different routes that we take and how we go all over the place in praise and worship of all things other than God. It's, it's God saying right here. So in a minute here, we're going we're gonna to take communion um, and If you've never taken communion with us before, um, this is how it how it works. We're gonna uh, come out through the center aisle. So if you're on this side, we're gonna come out through here. If you're on this side, you're gonna come out through here. We're gonna walk to these tables, and then we're just gonna circle back, um, and do that. Um, if if you are a non-believer here for the first time, and you're hearing this for the first time, and you're just uh, thinking about these things, uh, we just invite you to stay in your seat for this time, and and be praying about thinking about more uh, what you've been hearing this morning, and what what it is that you're praising, and if you're being stirred at all, uh, to to be repenting of those things, to be rethinking is that actually working? Um, I just invite you to be praying about that, or grab somebody to be praying for you on that. I'll be back there with a couple other people uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, pray for you on that, or uh, receive pray- because we, uh, or prayer because prayer because we, we need that as well. Um, so I'm going to pray, and we're, let's take communion. Father God, um, again, we, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you call us to a place of praise, Lord. And oftentimes we don't, we don't understand why.